thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Heater. Come on in. We saved you the best spot. It's right in front of your screen. So we love having you with us. It is one of the greatest joys of my life to get to teach this all-conquering word. I just, my, 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 it never gets old and it is a joy. So thank you for joining us and we're believing you, believing with you for answers for your life. It's always been my purpose to um, teach something that people need to live on every day. Yes. Yes. I, want, I want to be able to teach people what to do in the middle of the night when they're attacked. Yes. I want to teach them how to receive healing for the children, how to, how to have their, their needs met, their bills paid, and enjoying the peace of God, the yes. joy of God. Yes. So it's our, it's our privilege to bring these things to you, to help you live victorious every day. And we've been teaching in this series, and uh, I don't know how long we'll be on it, but we know this, that many times when we're faced with a need and we're saying, you know, it doesn't seem like I'm getting on the other side of this situation as I ought. Usually we're not missing it in some place big. We're missing it in the very basics, the very foundational truths. Amen. So I want you to recognize that we've been just taking time touching on the very basics of some things. And I love the very basics of things, these foundational things, because everything else is built upon these things. And uh, we've been looking at Mark chapter four, and I'm going to start in verse 24. This is the Amplified Classic translation. It's talking about something that Jesus said. He said, be careful what you are hearing. What's this mean? You need to guard your thought life, but you need yes. to guard what you sit under. Yes, right. What teaching you sit under, uh, what books you read, right. don't right. be mindless about it. Yes. Yes. Something, what you feed on needs to, it needs to impart, impart the spirit of faith into you. Yes. Yes. Right. You know, if our faith isn't growing, our spiritual lives aren't developing as they ought mm-hmm. because right. it takes faith to move with God. Right. It takes faith to advance. It takes faith to fulfill the plan of God. And so we always need to have, be feeding our faith. Always make feeding your faith a priority. Always, always, always. So Jesus said, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue or power and knowledge that comes back to you. What's this mean? What you sow, you reap. What you sow, you reap. He's saying this, that the degree of power that flows into your life is measured by you, not by God. That's right. The more attention you give the word, 
the more thought you give the word. When he says thought, he's talking about what you're meditating on. Yes. The more you guard your thought life, uh, what you fill your thought life with is going to come back into your life. Make sure it's not worried thoughts. Make sure it's not fearful thoughts. Cast them out. Amen. Resist them. Fill your thoughts with thoughts of the word. Pay attention to your thought life because uh, the measure of what you fill your thoughts with, good or bad, is what's going to come back into you, into the, into the outflow of your life. Amen. So we've been talking about this, that he's, he's basically telling us um, how we treat the word will determine what we receive. That's right. All things belong to us, but we only become a partaker of what belongs to us um, when we give the word first place in our life. We can't be half-hearted. And you know, sometimes it's so easy to slip Mm -hmm. into half-heartedness instead of being wholehearted toward the word. Amen. Um, We left off on the previous episode talking about when we honor the word. You know, God says, those who honor me, I'll honor. Those who treat me lightly will be treated lightly. Mm -hmm. Um, we want to honor the word. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, do what I say. We don't love God out of a place of only feelings. We love him based on how we treat his word. That's a demonstration of our love for him. Um, so when we honor the word, I left off the previous episode talking about our honor for the word will show up on how we treat the place we're taught the word, the local church. Thank God for the local church. I am a local church person. Believe me. (laughs) I believe wholeheartedly in the office of the pastor. And that's not because I pastored, but because God has, Jesus gave pastors to the body Mm -hmm. to help, uh, help them advance in their spiritual life, develop in the things of God. The pastor is the school teacher, your home class teacher. You know, when you went to school, uh, you're uh, in elementary school. Uh, I, I don't know how it's set up now, but when I was, when I was in first, second, third grade, I had one homeschool teacher. I would have maybe other teachers that taught specialty subjects like music or something, but to teach the basics, I had one teacher and that's really what the pastor is. He's our homeschool teacher to help guide us and teach us these things of the word and the things about God that puts great responsibility and great privilege on the pastor, but it gives us a great privilege of how we treat the pastor because he's teaching us how to know God better. So we value that. Amen. We value the local church. We value the fellowship of other believers Mm -hmm. because we know that um, who we fellowship with is going to either enhance or subtract from our spiritual life. Now, when the word is important to us, it will direct what we fill our days with. Now pay attention to that. We can know what's important to us by what we fill our days with. Mm -hmm. We can know what's important to us by looking at our checkbooks. And I say checkbooks by our money accounts, right? right? Um, when someone loves God and honors God, they're going to show it with their finances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. 
it will bleed into their finances. Yes. When someone loves God and honors God, it will, it will bleed into their marriage. It will show up in their marriage. It'll show up in how they raise their children. It'll show up on how they treat their boss. Yes. It'll show up on what words they will allow out of their mouth about others. It's, it'll show up. How we treat the word, it'll fill our days. So if we don't see much of the word flowing in our daily life, fill up with the word. Give that word first place. Amen. To serve God and his word and to put his word first doesn't mean we can't have other interests. You know, Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. What things? The things you need in your life. They'll be added to you. You won't have to chase after them. They'll just be added to you. Notice what it says, Seek ye first. It doesn't say seek ye only. Yes. Don't, don't fall into a, if I could say this, a legalism thing that you right. can't have another interest. God right. doesn't mind you having a hobby. He doesn't mind you having times of fellowship with those who will enhance your life. But he doesn't want something else to be first when that, that position of first was made for him. And he's the only one that can occupy first without having negative effects. You put business first, you'll have negative effects from that. You put family before you put God, you're going to have some negative effects from that. You put children first, you're going to have some negative effects from that. You put hobbies first, you're going to have some negative. You put sports first, you're going to have some negative effects. You put put any kind of uh, talent that you have first, you're going to have some negative effects. Why? Because it's not equipped to occupy first. Uh Only God can occupy first and bless everything under it. Amen. 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 Now, I want to take some time here and refer to life and death situations. Mm -hmm. When we're faced with life and death situations, we don't have time to not be all in with the word. We can't let anything else occupy the seat of first. Yes. Uh, sometime back, I was talking to someone. I had I had not spoke. Talk, I hadn't been in contact with them for years, and when I was able to get back in contact with them, they were um, they had come into a, they were facing a physical situation that I wasn't aware of, and they were really in a life and death situation. <clears throat> so I would call them and I was, I would just, I'd, I'd encourage them. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I had recommended some things for them to feed on. Yeah. And what a wonderful, te- with technology, we can pull up on our phones or devices, yeah. these sermons, you know, and I was encouraging them that way. And I know that they would have certain kinds of um, prolonged periods that they were at the doctors or something, and I and I and I'm at a, I asked a question. I said, "Wow, you're you know you have to spend a, a, quite a long time in the doctor's office and stuff." I said, "What do you do when you're there?" And they said, "Oh, I've loaded a bunch of games and stuff on my phone." Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not against games on the phone, but when you're in a life and death situation, right, right. you have to purge from you that which won't deliver you. Oh, yes. that's good. And I thought, I, you know, I just encouraged them. Um, there's, there's something that you can feed on that is going to stimulate your faith. Yes. It's going to encourage your faith. Amen. And I would encourage you that way. But you see, sometimes people don't realize that we can't be half-hearted. Right. Mm. 
toward the word mm -hmm. and receive the full flow of the word. Um, be interested enough in receiving help and answers to put the word first. Yes. Because when, we're, when people are facing life and death situations, that is no joke. We don't need to be fearful, but we do need to be sober. That's right. yes. That we don't have time for something. Yes. When we are believing God for a miracle, there can be no room in our thought life for any words other than what God says. Yes. Because when we are in a... a, a any kind of attack, right. we need to, the only way we're going to get out, exit that, right. is by holding fast to what That's God right. says. Right. That means I don't have time for what's not going to help me exit That's and get on the other side of this. I only have time for my help. That's what I got time for, right? Um, I love something that one woman, uh, what she said, she, she had not been taught about divine healing. She was, she was Christian. She was saved. But she had not sat in a church that taught her about divine healing. And um, she was given a terminal um, diagnosis. And the doctors basically said, medically, we can't do anything for you. And I don't know how, but she heard about divine healing, that healing was available. But she realized she hadn't been taught it. And I love what she did. She picked up and moved to a city to attend a healing school every day where they were teaching the word on divine healing every day. She picked up and moved to a different state. And she showed up at that healing school and she said, I decided I would not die prematurely simply because I was ignorant. You say, can people die because they're ignorant? Yeah. Well, Hosea chapter four, verse six says, uh, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Yeah. He didn't say they're destroyed because the devil attacked them. That's right. He said they're destroyed because of lack of knowledge. What's that mean? Not giving the word its proper place. My people, he didn't say the devil's people. He said, my people are destroyed or cut off from what belongs to them because they don't know what belongs to them. They don't know how to lay hold of what belongs to them. They don't know how to hold fast to what belongs to them when they're opposed. And I so appreciate that this woman said, I refuse to die prematurely just simply because I'm ignorant. Ignorant doesn't mean unable to learn. It means untaught. You, you would hear the word stupid and ignorant. Those aren't the same things. We're not saying she was unable to learn. We're saying she had been untaught. Yes. And, she's, and that's ignorance. She says, I'm not going to die simply because I'm ignorant. What was she saying? I'm giving an all out effort Amen. to the word. What's this mean? I don't have time to sit and do hobbies and recreation and things when I'm faced with a test that is out for my defeat. When the enemy's trying to defeat me, I can't be playing around and be half-hearted. I've got to be all in with the word. Proverbs chapter 4. Turn with me if you would. Proverbs chapter 4. And we're going to read in verse 20. Proverbs 4 verse 20. It reads, my son. So who's he talking to? His people. Attend 
to my words. Yes. Right there, you got it. Yes. <laughs> Put your attention on my words. Yes. Make my words the centerpiece. Yes. Put my words center stage yes. on the stage of your life. Make that my words front and center. Yes. So how we treat his word is going to determine how our life plays out. So he says, my son, attend to my words. When I see this word attend, I always think of the word attention. How do we attend to his words? We put our attention on his words. That means we have to, we have to start on purpose. We have to make sure when we're faced with opposition and when we're not faced with opposition, uh, on purpose, make his words your focus. Yes. On purpose, put your attention on yeah. what he says. When he says, attend to my words, you know what he's letting us know? Something else is going to try to get your attention. Yes. Other words are going to try to get your attention. What the enemy says is going to try to get your attention. What the doctor says is going to try to get your attention. What well-meaning loved ones say, but who might not know the word, those words will try to get your attention. Look at this. That we can take, can I tell you one of the best ways to meditate on the word? Take one phrase and camp on one word at a time. Yes. My son. Yes. Look, my son attended my words. Let's put an emphasis on it. My yes. son, yes. I belong to him. Yes. Right. I'm his. Yes. What's that mean? His, he's interested in me. Right. He's not just interested in my pastor. He's not just interested in, in someone who's a preacher. Right. He's not just interested in someone who's walked with him for years. Yes. He's interested in me. Yes. My son. Mm. When it says my son, what's this mean? I'm an heir. That's right. Let's go to the word right. son. Yes. Let, see, this is what I'm talking about. Meditate. You talk these words one at a time, build upon, meditate on it, roll it around in you, think deeply into it. Uh, my son, if I'm his son, he's my father. Amen. And my father's always interested That's in right. how his children's lives play out. Yes. So good. That's so good. My son, look at this, attend, put my attention. Mm-hmm. Father, I put my attention on your words. Mm-hmm. Put, uh, attend to, look at this next word, my words. Mm-hmm. What's this mean? There's going to be other words offered. You better sing, you better clear out the other words and have focus on his words. Yes. Yes. Uh, my son attend to my words. Notice this, he doesn't say attend to your feelings. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't say attend to um, your emotions. If we'll attend to his words, his words will attend to our feelings. His words will affect our feelings. His words will affect our emotions. His words will affect every other thing in our life. Amen. So this is what I'm talking about, an all-out effort. Take time to soak in the word, to build that. Meditate and marinate in the word. Amen. My son, attend to my words. Look at this. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. Why? Something else is going to talk to you and you better know whose words to listen to. Verse 21, let them not depart from thine eyes. Listen, the devil would like to play off evil or troubling imaginations before you. You, you keep, you keep what God says in front of you. It matters what you're looking at. It matters what you're focused on when you're, when you're fighting a fight, the fight of faith. 
And then the next phrase, keep them, what? His words in the midst of my heart. Uh, don't, don't give any other words that enshrining seat of your heart. Amen. Only his words deserve and can occupy um, that, that first seat. Amen. Amen. Verse 22, for they, what? His words are life. Look at this. His words are life. They don't just give life. They are life. When you, when you eat of his words, you're eating life. You're eating life. And when death is trying to work in your body, disease and sickness is death. And when disease is trying to work and pain and symptoms are trying to work, eat on something else, it's life. His words are life. I love this. Remember what Jesus said? He said, now are you made clean through my word. Do you know that his word will clean you? His word will clean. Every time you eat his word, it's another washing. Washing out. How about the washing of the water of the word will wash out? It'll wash out symptoms. It'll wash out... Yes. It will wash out um, the inside of the body. Yes. What about a liver that's diseased? It'll wash it out. Yes, it what about yes. kidneys that aren't working right? The washing yes. of the water of the yes. word. And Jesus said, you're made clean through my word. It'll clean you inside and out. Yes. It'll clean you. His words are life. Yes. His words are life. When you, quote, when you quote the word, you're laying life on that situation. Amen. You're laying life on death. When disease is trying to work, that's death in operation. So lay life on that. Amen. Verse 22, for my words are life. Look at this. Unto those that what? Find them. Not to those who put them aside. Not to those who dismiss them, but those who find them. Yes. How do you find something? You look for it. You search for it. You're interested in it. People only seek out what they're interested in. So what's he talking about? That his words perform as life in those who are interested in his words because they take time to find them. And I, I, I say this over myself. His words are life unto me for I find them. I do find them. I'm interested in them. I don't just find them out here. I find them in my thought life. I find them in the focus of my attention. I find them in my mouth. I'm finding them all in my life. For his words are life unto those that find find them. Look, it doesn't say his words are life. Mm -hmm. Not to everyone, but to those who find them. Those who seek to know what those words hold. And seek to lay hold of them. We're not earning it, but we do have to show interest enough to receive it because when we find them, we're giving God permission to work His Word in us. So, verse 22 for they are life unto those that find them and health to, look at this, all their flesh. Did you know it, it doesn't matter how far the advancement of sickness or disease? It's still health to That's all right. the right. flesh. Right. It doesn't say it's health to all the flesh of those who are in the early stage That's of a right. disease. Right. You can, someone can be a breath away from death mm. and it's still not too late That's for right. life. Yeah. Still not too late. Don't ever let the devil tell you that something has advanced too far. 
Right. It's not out, outside the reach of life. Yes. Life can reach so far beyond yes. what sickness and disease tries to work. Amen. 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 Don't count yourself out of what God already counted you in on. Amen. God already counted you in on life. He already counted you in on health. Don't count yourself out. That's right. Amen. Amen. Um, again, verse 22, for they, his words are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Now, in my Bible, the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew. And in the, my Bible, it will denote for that word health to all their flesh. It will say in the, in the margin, Hebrew. And it says the word medicine. So his words are health to all our flesh or his words are medicine to all our flesh. Can I tell you how easy it is to take medicine? You go to take an aspirin, you know how easy it is? Pop it in your mouth, drink a little something liquid down. There you go. You took it. It's not hard taking this word. It's not hard. Amen. Amen. To swallow this down and make it part of your being. It's as easy as taking medicine. Amen. Don't let the devil talk you in and dupe you into thinking that something is hard. Amen. When you need a miracle, you can't let your attention go to anything else but what God says. You cannot lay in bed and imagine the worst. You can't let, you can't lay in bed and imagine, well, what if this doesn't help? And what if that doesn't work? And, and lay there and entertain the what ifs. That's right. When you're believing God for a miracle, it demands a disciplined thought life that you will not touch into anything except your help and into his word. Now, can I tell you this? When someone has been, if I could say this, diagnosed with something terminal and you're believing God for healing, don't think about heaven. Not if you want to stay on earth. Don't get your faith on heaven. I'm not diminishing heaven. We'll learn about heaven when we get there. While we're here on earth, we need to know how to cooperate and receive from, from what God has for us while we're on this earth. Amen. When you're believing God for healing, talk about, talk about the plan of God that's still on the earth for you to fulfill. Amen. Don't talk about heaven or you'll get your faith on that, that location. Amen. Amen. Just some input there because uh, when you're believing God for healing, you're believing God for deliverance, talk about, talk about the health that belongs to you. Don't talk about heaven. Heaven belongs to you, but when you're interested on t- about staying on earth, talk about, talk about what God has for you while you're on this earth. Amen. Amen. Keep your faith on, that, on healing. Don't get your face shifted to heaven yet when you want to stay here. Amen. Well, we're learning. I said we're learning. And we invite you to come back next time. And until next time, remember this. Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Jesus gave us the key to his success. He stayed with the plan that God gave him to fulfill. In this book by Nancy Dufresne, God the Revealer of Secrets, you will learn how to know God's perfect will for your life and how to accomplish that divine plan. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. In this series, How to Keep Your Healing by Nancy Dufresne, learn how to skillfully stand your ground against the enemy's strategies and enjoy your total victory. Order now at DufresneMinistries.org. 
If you have received a healing or have any other testimony to share with us as a result of this broadcast, we would love to hear about it. Please call us, write us, or contact us through our website. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DeframeMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.